We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter, at Overtime Ireland, and as always I am joined by Sean Siegel, co-host of a number of shows on Rotoviz Radio, this show is Rotoviz Overtime, and of course the wonderful Stealing Bananas along with Ben Gretsch. Sean, I always love to, to mention the show with Ben because, you know, I'm biased, but it's my favourite podcast that is out there in the fantasy football circles at the moment, and uh even each and every week there's something on the show that I, I just find so intriguing and you know i'll give a little plug here while we start off the show to talk about the episode that you've released on wednesday looking at some of the kind of super bowl long shots that may fit the mold of a cincinnati Bengals, for example this year to kind of work back then to see where the values may be in, in those positions you know as we look into players to acquire and dynasty players to draft in best ball and maybe you want to put on a wager and, and try and get some of those outside bets so that was a a little bit of a you know an outside the box thinking episode and it always gets you thinking on you know maybe little bits that we're, we're not all thinking of this time of year so fantastic episode with you and ben if the listeners haven't checked it out head back over to the stealing bananas podcast feed and have a listen to that one but sean two shows this week so far here on ot we had travis may on both of them we've covered a number of positions in the nfl draft we covered wide receiver quarterback tight end and running back and on today's show we're going to dive back into kind of the current landscape off the nfl where we know where well we won't know where all these players are but we'll know where a lot of them are it's going to be tight ends and we're going to be looking at my favorite series at the moment on the website the never too early best ball series we've talked through a couple of positions in that so far but today it is tight ends and uh, another nice piece that, that you have up that we're going to dive into some of these players so another action-packed week we have I can't remember when the last time Sean we didn't have three shows per week on OT was so we're on a real roll here and uh, another action-packed week of shows and if everything goes to plan we'll actually have a live draft for folks in the near future uh, best ball drafts up and running obviously this is a fun time of year with that you can never draft any kind of team too early you definitely can't draft a best ball team too early and one of the exciting things right now uh, on the site is that our fantastic programmer anthony shook has the best ball tools very close to being up and running in terms of those roster construction explorers the best ball win rate explorer so you can go in and look at that they might be ready by the time that this podcast releases but looking through 
the results, one of the things that jumps out and definitely is encouraging is that some of these trends that we talk about are there again, we're there again in 2021. Now we were very fortunate. Obviously we we're lucky in 2021 in terms of how well some of these teams did, but in order to benefit from the luck, you need to put yourself in that position with a good structural draft. A lot of these trends that we discuss are not necessarily trends. They're structural elements of best ball fantasy. They show up again in a big way in 2021. You'll be able to see that when you play with the roster construction explorers. And we'll have a lot of content on the pods and on the site, the best ball workshop, one of the series that I have the most fun writing to help you kind of merge the player selection process with the tactical process, the structural drafting process that allows you to build these super teams. And so once you've finished a draft and you, and you feel very confident about the draft because of those two elements, now you can always pick the wrong players, right? Because that part of it is going to be there, but you know, we've got a lot of different elements to help you pick those guys too. Now, it doesn't mean you can keep them healthy, but you can start off with a great team that hopefully is set up to take advantage of or to survive injuries better than other teams do. So you have that element of it as well. But Colin, we're going to start today with the tight ends. We know that tight ends really are the key to best ball. That's something that I think people have started to come around to a little bit over the last several years. One of the things that has perhaps led some people astray is this idea that, okay, individual tight ends haven't necessarily posted the crazy win rates of whoever the best player was the previous season. And so instead of taking this big structural advantage where drafting tight ends in the right ranges and the taking the right types of players gives you this boost that you don't see anywhere else, people really focus on chasing you know, whoever that best player is. But the fact of the matter is you have to do both, right? And you have to get in there and get the Jonathan Taylor, the Cooper Cup, the Debo Samuel, those three guys obviously at the top of best ball win rates for this most recent year. You've got to get them, but you've also got to get the tight end, right? And so this past season where, you know, depending on your exact format, Mark Andrews is in that, you know, 20 to 23-ish range in terms of win rate. That really does jump out. And then again, obviously, anybody who followed the FFPC best ball tournament saw how Mark Andrews carried those teams in the playoff format, allowed them to advance 11 of the 12 in the finals. And in the tournament, he was even a much bigger impact than his win rate suggests, because obviously a lot of those biggest weeks came at the most important times. If you were in a tournament, if you were in a full season format, then obviously you still get that boost down the stretch as he pushes your team, hopefully toward the title. But Colin, it's interesting, and it'll be fun to watch how these drafts develop over the first couple of rounds because Travis Kelsey comes back with a very good season again. He has been an absolute anchor for teams over the last six years. But we do have injuries to Darren Waller, George Kittle. You know, Some people who selected those players are going to be a little bit gun-shy, both in terms of picking tight ends early, but then the specific tight ends to pick early. It's going to take some guts to get in there and take Waller and take Kittle at the beginning of drafts. Because depending on exactly where you are, those may still be the guys that give you that upside. So we'll dive into the tiers here. Colin, where are you with the early tight end? Is Travis Kelsey your number one? And how early would you be looking to take him? How many guys would legitimately have to come off the board before you think Kelsey makes for a good first round pick? This is always the part where... If you're a long-term listener to the podcast, you'll uh, probably think like this is going to be a pretty high figure. And if you're not a long-term listener, you probably think these guys are, you know, a little bit high on these tight ends. But when we look through it, John, I think 
Kelsey has to be the clear number one in terms of how he's done over the the last kind of five seasons. He has been so consistent. He has you know the upside of an elite wide receiver playing the tight end position, and especially when we're talking about these rankings, we're talking tight end premium. But whether it's tight end premium or not, these guys are likely still going to be in this order and just standard PPR format for us. But I think like with Mahomes there, with the way this offense is built, he just has to be in that spot. Um, when we look at, you know, I, I guess we'll start there. Um, it's probably, this is a yes or no question for you, Sean. Was there any debate between Travis Kelsey being the in a tier of his own at number one and somebody else joining him in that tier? I, I thought maybe you were going to ask if there was a debate between Kelsey and Andrews for number one. And I was going to say no, but there was a lot of question in my mind of whether Andrews, Andrews should have joined him in the first year. So exactly what you're saying there. You know, we saw him break out in 2019 with the 10 touchdowns leading the position. He also had this great air share that season, but the Ravens only passed 44% of the time, right? And so your upside is going to be limited by that. And then in 2020, when his touchdowns went down and the Ravens still didn't pass, then, you know, he disappoints people. He drops a little bit last year and we're able to get him at some good values. And then obviously everything changes, right? The Ravens take to the skies. Andrews actually increases his target share to 27%. His air share goes to 30%. He easily leads the tight end position with 107 receptions with 1,361 yards. He averages 29 points per game in tight end premium from weeks 14 to 17. I think that this Ravens offense has witnessed what they can do as a passing attack. They know that they're going to be able to, or they, they hope, I would think, that they're going to be able to bring back some of those rushing elements that J.K. Dobbins is going to be healthy and will give them that elite runner. But I don't think it makes sense to go back to this extreme run-heavy approach when we've witnessed how Lamar Jackson can attack down the field, one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. And you combine that with his ability then to get on the edge and run. You know, he gives you – Josh Allen, and in some cases, Josh Allen plus in terms of what he can do at the quarterback position. And then you give him Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. I mean, how do you stop this team? I don't think they can go away from using Andrews. And so I don't think you can quite put him in that tier with Kelsey where we know the Chiefs are going to pass. We know Kelsey is going to be extremely good, you know, as long as he stays healthy. And one of these things with Kelsey is that he has stayed healthy. That's been a big part of, number one, why he's been so good. Number two, why the elite tight end approach looks so good. Because we we do always want to realize and mention the fact that it is based on just a handful of players, which is different really than what we see with running back and wide receiver in the early rounds. We've got a lot of different guys and we know how that develops based on just having so many different people that factor in at tight end you know, one of those things changes with him. And then suddenly, you know, at the end of the season, it's going to be all teams that faded tight end early who managed to to make it through. I don't think that's going to be the case because Andrews and then the other player in tier two, Kyle Pitts, I think those guys are going to come right behind him. So one of the things that we've had the last several seasons is that you have the elite tight end or two that dominate, you have the person that gets hurt, and that really separates because you have even fewer of those impact tight ends. And so that has been the dynamic that has created these elite win rates for teams that go tight end early. 
I kind of skipped over your first question, so I'll go back and uh, answer that for you when you asked about Travis Kelsey. Um, I didn't say it was a yes or no answer to the question I asked you, but uh, I really do enjoy the insights as well that you present it with them. Uh, but in terms of, uh, I, I would be right on board. I think Kelsey is just that knock above. I think he's definitely the tight end one in terms of when the draft order as to where tight ends go. But I do think that he he could be joined there by Mark Andrews. You also said that the Ravens like can't go back. They that we can all agree that they shouldn't go back, but we can't be sure that they won't go back. Uh, I do think though having J.K. Dobbins is going to give them an upgrade at running back. Hopefully he can come back fully healthy, and then if you get Lamar Jackson back healthy as well, you know there was talk during that playoff run that it was you know a different quarterback and uh, Huntley that was in there, and then obviously that leads to a situation where when Jackson comes in is the same Jackson is a much better quarterback and I, I think the upside for Andrews is maintained with that we just need them to keep up the passing percentage Andrews for us obviously was a superstar in that best ball tournament but we Sean were extremely positive on Mark Andrews heading into the season prior where it didn't really work out but we were drafting him a lot of times in that second or third round didn't work out that year because of the situation you mentioned but all things worked out really really well last year and look, we're looking then at two out of three seasons where things have worked out good and I think then we're getting into a situation where this guy is a real elite top tier tight end so him and him and Travis Kelsey for me are definitely the other part you asked is how soon would I take Travis Kelsey probably when we're getting to you know I, I would take him from the third pick onwards probably and you know in certain situations I won't be surprised in drafts this year if I'm in tight end premium like the FFPC jumping straight in there at the first but I do think it's a case that you have Jonathan Taylor there ahead of him and then you're starting to have that discussion with Travis Kelsey are, are you thinking that it's in that same spot do you think there's a clear person that has to be at the 102 before we go Kelsey or are you thinking of edging him in there maybe at the the 102 I was still kind of laughing in my head about the the yes no question I did register that but by the end of your sentence I was like oh I've got all kinds of this I completely out of my mind <laughs> no we uh yeah, I think that you can take him right from the beginning, right? And so one of the things that we've talked about a lot is that in order to get Jonathan Taylor, you've got to use the one-on-one on him. And so when you have the one-on-one, if you want some Taylor shares, then you pull the trigger. I think the same thing is going to be mostly true with Christian McCaffrey. So you have the 102, you want some CMC, you've got to pull the trigger. It'll be interesting to see where Kelsey goes. I think that if Kelsey were sort of the consensus 101, that people would – also feel comfortable just taking him at the top spot to make sure they got some shares because I think those guys are all in that same kind of group. And I think that Cooper Cup is in that group as well to where it really depends on how ADP develops because unless you're only taking one or two teams or unless you you want Cooper Cup on every single team, then you're probably not going to take him earlier than you need to. But those guys are all in the mix, right? I don't think that those running backs have really separated other than people know that's where they have to take them. Hey, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. I wanted to let you know that the podcast you are listening to right now is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I can speak from personal experience and tell you that if you or someone you love is struggling with depression, they're dealing with anxiety, talking to somebody about it can make a huge difference. And that's what BetterHelp does. Within 48 hours of signing on with BetterHelp, they'll match you with a professional therapist. These therapists have a broad range of expertise that might not be available where you live. This is a worldwide service. 
that's easy to use, allows you to get matched with a therapist that you can communicate with. You can send messages, get thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can talk through anything that you need. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches that can give you all of the benefits of traditional offline therapy. They want you to start living a happier life today. And I believe that talk therapy is one of the ways that you can do that. Visit their website, www.betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to hear and read some of their testimonials. Again, you're going to want to visit BetterHelp, Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for Rotoviz listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Rotoviz. Can't recommend how important and how helpful talk therapy can be. So please check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And Sean, I did cut you off as you were about to ask about Kyle Pitts. Um, obviously, the other thing that's interesting, you know, we'll talk about Pitts, but we talk about some of these players who picked up injuries or who disappointed. So heading into last season, we would have a lot of people who stayed away from Mark Andrews because he disappointed them the previous season. We'd have a lot of people who heading into this season are probably going to, you know, maybe avoid a, a George Kittle or a Darren Waller based on how they drafted them the year before and then things didn't work out. We only have to go back 12 months to see where Mark Andrews fell in in that category and how that worked for people who drafted him this year. Kyle Pitts is somebody who didn't really like suffer injuries, but maybe people where he was being drafted um, in those kind of top four kind of tight end spots, usually at the, the four spot last year, um, how he may have let them down in the season. But when we look at Pitts coming in as a rookie and what he did, over his season you know it's historic what he was able to do i think expectation obviously changes a lot of things and how high our expectations were heading in makes it feel like a letdown but kyle pitts is heading into his second season and a really good situation we'll see though what happens with calvin ridley and what other options are around him but he like i mentioned with a travis kelsey being somebody with high upside wide receiver one ability and we see that with mark andrews as well there's no doubt Kyle Pitts is pretty much a, a wide receiver playing tight end, and that's going to help him throughout the season. Um, I think we're in a situation where he is going to probably be the third tight end off the board, but I think based on what happened last year, some people may be staying away when they should be really jumping aboard. Yeah, and here you have a guy who was selected in the third round and only scored one touchdown 
and still had a win rate that was above the average. And so we talk about a guy who has both a high floor and a high ceiling. It's going to be Kyle Pitts. He goes over the 1,000 receiving yards. We would expect the touchdowns to be there. Now you're going to have a little bit of you know, reluctance, perhaps, based on the fact that this Atlanta offense is not going to be as high-powered as a team like the Ravens. And you think about the Ravens and the potential for them not to be very pass heavy. And yet, you know, they're going to score a lot of points. So that works into Andrew's favor. It gives you an element there. The flip side of that is that with the Falcons, we would expect them to continue to sort of emphasize their best player. And Kyle Pitts is that guy now. And so if we looked at the tight ends who are most likely to lead the NFL in receiving yards next year and to perhaps get a huge boost from the tight end premium element. And Kyle Pitts is right there to finish as the tight end one. So I think he clearly is someone that you want to get onto as many teams as possible. And it's going to be a little bit more affordable than those top two guys. Colm, you mentioned people avoiding Kittle, avoiding Waller. Those two players and TJ Hawkinson are the three members of my tier three and they're really the last guys that would qualify as elite tight ends. They also are going to be expensive, right? You're probably going to have to use that third round pick on them. And the third round right now, I would say, doesn't necessarily feel all that loaded. It doesn't feel that different than the fourth round, maybe even in the fifth round. And so you might think, you know, no big deal. I can take the tight end there. But if you were burned on these guys, that might be a little bit more difficult. We also have the consideration with Waller that he's getting a little bit older. I mean, he just started his career so late. And if any part of that injury they suffered last year saps some athleticism at a point in time where he is a little bit older, you, know, you can see him fall off the map very quickly. George Kittle faces the uh, quarterback change there. And then TJ Hawkinson, he, he was so good last year, but struggled to stay healthy, had multiple injuries. And I mean, he's with the Detroit Lions. So we talked about Hawkinson and Swift and how being with the Lions, being with a team that's going to face a lot of garbage time has some strengths and weaknesses from a fantasy perspective. Do you have a favorite player from this group? One of the things that was kind of fun, you know, we mentioned stealing bananas earlier in the show, using the stealing signals tool, which obviously focuses on a lot of the types of data and advanced metrics that Ben likes to use in his newsletter, it was really easy to show that TJ Hawkinson is really the last guy who belongs in this elite group based on his target profile. Uh, who do you like out of these three? Are, are you comfortable just taking whoever falls to you in drafts or do you want to have an outsized share of one of these players? I think this is going to be a lot of fun in terms of, you know, the roster construction that we decide to build. And just before we touch on that, you mentioned Darren Waller, like, There'll be some people thinking Darren Waller's played a couple of years in the league, but he's going to turn 30 during the season. I know tight ends play, they're a little bit older, but um, Waller fits that category of somebody who uh, you know may, may shock you in terms of when you see his current age. I think it's a fascinating tier because we've already touched on how early we take Travis Kelsey, probably taking Mark Andrews pretty much close to the, the end of that first round. Kyle Pitts is probably going to be pushed into that you know, second round range, and then we're into George Kittle, Darn Waller, and Hawkinson. For me, I think heading into this year, I think Kittle is the one that uh, I would be targeting out of this group. Really like Hawkinson and trying to ascend, but we'll see what Detroit does at the quarterback position. They're probably going to, to roll with Goff one more time, but they may try and approach it too through the draft. But I think that Kittle is somebody who, with a quarterback change, that may benefit him. I, I would love to see them 
target the, the big problem with Kittle he kind of almost falls into what we've seen with Andrews two years ago just the volume isn't there but then he has those games when there is volume there and the you know yards after the catch and the ability he has is just uh massive so uh, I know you have them in that order but I would be going with Kittle and Waller than Hawkinson um I know there's question marks around Kittle's situation but I think if I was you know starting an NFL team and could only pick one of these guys it would be Kittle um and I, I just think he's for me he's much closer to that tier two group than the other two are um I always find it fun when we have the tiers and that's why I asked you earlier about the Andrews trying to get into the Kelsey tier but I find that he's much closer than getting into that tier whereas maybe a Hawkinson could potentially start to fall towards the tier four but I, I also agree on the point that we're through six names there I think there's a clear top six and I think those six guys are probably going in the fourth round but then we're going to see that true tier break if you don't have one of these six guys you're going to be like you know maybe relying on getting that second tight end option then you know in the 10th round to have two tight ends in the the top 10 rounds maybe is that kind of where you're feeling as well there's a clear split at that point I think that there is and I wouldn't be looking at a tight end before round seven after these guys are gone we look at Kittle there I think that he's pretty solidly in this tier with these guys Waller someone who could easily jump back ahead. Ben and I were chatting a little bit after the show yesterday and discussing kind of his situation with Josh McDaniels. We had, you know, a trade offer in Dynasty. And in Dynasty, it's even trickier because you want that elite tight end production there as well to essentially give you, you know, almost an entirely extra starting position. But once you have guys up in their 30s, it's both a question of, you know, will they fall off the map for us? but also then you're almost certainly giving up the trade value because they're going to have a hard time holding on to it. But even within that context, Waller, pretty interesting. I could see him elevating even a little bit more interesting easily because I'm a big Derek Carr believer at this point. I think that you're the they, biggest Derek Carr believer, I think. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, he's just made such impressive steps over the last two or three years. And you look at what he did for the team you know, in the first half when they have John Gruden there and he's really ascended. And then you look at what he did for the team in the second half after they have all of these problems and he still leads them to the playoffs, allows them to get some of those close victories. You know, were the Raiders a team that really should have been in the playoffs? Probably not. I mean, the Ravens and the Chargers, much more talented teams, and he had to win close games. You know, if you play the season out a bunch more times, you're not going to have them making it nearly as often as those better teams, but he was able to get them there. He was able to make them very competitive with a Cincinnati Bengals squad that you know, came within inches really of winning the Super Bowl. So I like that combination there. I also think that Hawkinson, if he could just stay healthy, uh, is someone that next year we'll probably be looking at as in that Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews range. I really think that his talent you know, makes him the next guy to make the leap he scored in a way that is competitive with the sort of lower end of their ranges before all of those injuries last season. And again, the target profile is there, but at a certain point when these guys are, are picking up, I don't know if you call them serious nagging injuries, but are having to play through things that get them down at 75, 80% playing full seasons there, you know, have problems with all different parts of their body. Then you start to worry that, Number one, the ability to stay healthy. And then number two, the cumulative effect of those injuries going forward, even for a young player like Hawkinson, you know, it could create a dynamic where he never quite breaks through 
to that truly elite level. But I, I like those guys and I want to be, I want to have quite a bit of exposure to them. And then, you know, you look at my next tier, which is the players that we're targeting. And then you look at the tier after that, where you get into the Dawson Knoxes, the Dalton Schultz, those types of guys. One of the things that was very evident again, in terms of pulling up the roster construction explorer and playing with different types of ways you can put your team together. You know, I think drafters know that after that elite group, you do really want to wait. You don't want to be in the draft position where you're reaching for these guys in these next couple of tiers, but you think, okay, well, if I can be patient and then take a couple of them, then I'll sort of balance things out. I'll have multiple guys to hit on. And it just, it doesn't work out that way, right? You have a couple of these mediocre tight ends and basically you've used picks that would still be important to address you know, other positions. We want to get a couple of QBs in the QB window, for example. And you, you can't just do all things at all times in this range that seems like it has good value. And it hasn't been a good range to do a two tight end approach and, and make that work. So one of the things that we continue to see is that this tight end value falls off very quickly. If you don't figure out a way to grab the top guys, then you're probably going to be in trouble. But again, one of the things that we do want to keep in mind is that you know, this position does kind of lend itself to at least the possibility of someone coming out of nowhere, having a big season and really changing a little bit of the dynamic in that way. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, the, the tight end tiers do keep going deeper. The rankings go deeper and all of that's up on the site. And it was, it was interesting to put together. You watch all the games, you know, you go through all of Neil's articles, you do all these drafts, and then you dive deep into the tools to put the rankings together and you discover, you know, other little bits and pieces you didn't know. So it was a fun project and you know, hopefully it'll be helpful for us when we do some of these drafts in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And I mentioned, uh, I didn't go back to the point, but I mentioned, you know, the roster construction elements can be so much fun. And what I was meant by that is, you know, if you take Travis Kelsey in the forest, or if you take Mark Andrews in the forest, and you know, how then that plays out versus if you take, you know Jonathan Taylor, you take Cooper Cup, or you take somebody else, and then when you're getting into that fourth round, that you're deciding to, you know, can I get Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson? TJ Hawkinson was in our list a lot of times last year, Sean, when we were getting into that kind of third, fourth round range, and he was then falling into the same area as DeAndre Swift and things like that. So there's a lot of fun that goes into the the actual roster construction element. For the listeners who are listening in, you haven't seen Sean's piece up on rotoviz.com. There is eight tiers. If you know it is going quite deep, and there is forty wide receiver or forty tight ends, sorry, listed in that. Sean, is there a tight end in those forty? Maybe that's going after tier five that you wanted to. You know, when you were diving and you were like, this guy could be interesting as a a late round shot. Well, I think it's really hard to actually draft him because you need a lot of things to go right and you don't necessarily want to be burning picks this early. It's one of the things that is fun about the early element, but also very dangerous because you can take shots on different teams and then you get to the end and your portfolio has holes that you kind of blew into individual teams all the way through. And then you're like, well, I really hit on some things, but because I wasted some of these picks. Now I have essentially, you know, 17 or 18 person teams instead of 20 person teams. And we talked a little bit of that when we broke down the first 10 rounds on the show and how it's important to set yourself up to not waste any of your 20 selections in this type of format. But 
I like Albert O. I think he you know, might be <laughs> one of the five most talented tight ends, going. you know, in the NFL. And it just seems like there's so much yet to play out with this Denver situation, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or it's someone else. You know, maybe he ends up on a separate team. One of the things that I note in the article is that he ended up with better yards per route and targets per route than Noah Fant, who did obviously run a lot more routes than he did. And Fant is one of our main targets. So it's not like we don't appreciate both players there. Denver really has an embarrassment of riches at receiver but they just need someone to pull the trigger. Another interesting guy, and then this kind of popped up a little bit for me as I was putting together uh, some of the teams that fit the criteria that Ben and I were looking at for, you know, our list of, of teams that could jump to, you know, perhaps Super Bowl contender. And, and again, Ben had some really great information on how many teams had actually made that jump looking at his Omni fantasy drafts from the past five, six, seven years. But you know, the Chicago Bears don't on the surface seem like a team that is going to do that. But if we get a, a breakout from Justin Fields, if they add a legitimate wide receiver, then I think one of the pieces in there that becomes interesting if he can take the next step would be Cole Komet, somebody we had a decent amount of exposure to last year. Some good things, some bad things. I actually moved him down a tier on this just to make sure I wasn't uh, getting sort of ahead of myself. But there are going to be a lot of teams where tight end is fully addressed in our builds before you get into the commit range. But if you get a little bit deeper, uh, he's somebody I think could outperform his draft round by two, three, four, which obviously that's what you're going for. Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't want to like predict. And then all of a sudden it turns like the show goes off the rails and I've made two wrong predictions, but I would have put good money on those two guys being in that range. And Komet was the one that I was surprised when I was reading the article that he was in the sixth tier. I thought that you might have had him bumped a bit higher because I know we've talked a lot about him on the show. But yeah, I think there's you know no doubt if, if Justin Fields took that step forward and Alan Robinson isn't there, you know, I think Komet becomes a, a really fascinating part of that offense. So he is somebody I think could be fun. But again, it's that roster construction element as to if you're getting those early guys are you taking the second guy, you know, and those ranges are, are how are you developing that roster? But really fun piece by Sean. Check it out up on rotoviz.com. That is going to bring us towards the end of our third podcast of the week. If you didn't check out the shows earlier this week with Travis May, we covered a huge amount of draft content with one of the best guys talking college and Devi football out there and Travis. So head back and check those out. That was Tuesday and Thursday shows. We also had today's show, of course, which hopefully you've enjoyed that. One request, if you haven't head over and uh, subscribe to the Road of His YouTube channel, head on over as we aim to hit 400 by the end of this week. So we are now on Saturday. Head on over. If we've hit 400, that does not mean that you do not hit the subscribe button. Still head on over. Still hit the subscribe button. We appreciate each and every person that does. Sean and Ben also had their uh two stealing bananas this week head back and check those out fantastic episodes sean referenced it there again uh, ben had some fantastic information around teams that had reached the super bowl their bet nods and how much of an outsider those teams were will really surprise you and that'll lead to maybe some decisions when you're drafting this year with teams that you're targeting in those ranges the five teams the guys talked about as well very very interesting stuff so check that out on stealing bananas subscribe to the road of his podcast feed and Colm, you have got us set up with a best ball feed on the Rotoviz radio network. So it'll have some shows like this. It'll have content from you and Zach. It'll have 
a lot of these evergreen shows teaching people how to play best ball. It'll have some best ball drafts like the one that we're hoping to do with Zach in the near future. So if people haven't subscribed to that best ball feed and are looking for specific best ball information and trying to take your best ball game to the next level, make sure you jump in and get that subscription. You'll have that right to your device when those shows come out and you won't miss a thing. Yeah, and Sean, you mentioned it at the start of the show, and I, I forgot to go back to it as well. It seems to be a theme of today's podcast, but you mentioned we're hoping to do a, a draft. And for the listeners, um, I hope they'll really enjoy it when it comes out, because at the moment, uh, all the drafts that we're looking to do are at 9 p.m. Eastern, which will be 2 a.m. my time. But, uh, you know, you can hear the enthusiasm when we're talking about these tight ends today. Uh, I'm willing to, to get up at, at 2 a.m. to do some drafting. Uh, so looking forward to those shows coming out, as Sean mentioned. That is the Road of His Best Ball podcast feed, so check that one out as well. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can also save yourself 10% to a Road of His NFL pass. All you have to do is enter the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. You can head on over to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on that as well. But that is the third show of the week. Thank you for tuning in throughout the process. We've really enjoyed it. We will continue to bring those shows for you each and every week. But my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work, including the piece we talked about today up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back on Tuesday, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotaviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotaviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotaviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotaviz with a discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>